This is the School Success Podcast, a podcast for school leaders to learn from other school leaders what's working and what's not, and to get inspiration and encouragement, as well as strategies to grow school enrollment, connect with families, retain teachers, recruit teachers, and everything in between. You guys are heroes, and I cannot thank you enough for pouring into this next generation that's coming behind us. My goal is you will take at least one thing away from every episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. Please enjoy the School Success Podcast. Hey, School Success Makers. Today, we're joined by my new friend, Kelly, who's the director at her charter school in beautiful California. They're doing some awesome things there. We go over all of them. We have a great chat. I'm sure you're going to love it. So stay tuned for this next episode of the School Success Podcast. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the School Success Podcast. I'm your host, Mitchell Slater. I'm joined by a new friend out of Beautiful California, and it is Kelly Simon, who is the executive director of Bridges Charter School over there. They're doing awesome things over there. We're going to dive into all of them today, some challenges, and also what's going really good for them. I don't want to take any thunder away from her, so I'll pass it off to her to do an introduction. So, Kelly, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Mitchell. It's a pleasure being here with you. Like Mitchell said, I'm Dr. Kelly Simon. I'm the executive director of Bridges Charter School. We're located in a suburb of Los Angeles in Thousand Oaks, California, and we are a public charter independent, uh, and we serve about 415 students between our homeschool program and our classroom-based program. Love it. All right. And well, I always love diving into some of the, the personal stuff first. So what do you like to do for fun? Obviously, there's Anything you can think of to do there where you are in California, but what kind of hobbies and things do you like to do? Yeah, so I have three kids, a little dog, and my weekends are spent at soccer games and baseball games. We also are fortunate to live close to the beach, and we like to find times of the low tide and go exploring the the tide pools in our area. I love that. I love, and I love California. the The weather is just beautiful. There's obviously everything to do there. And I love that if you can travel the whole state, you got everything, you got desert, you got beach, you got snow mountains. It's like, it's got everything. Um, we, my wife and I love that state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's all within reach within a couple hour drive, which is, which is wonderful. So, so let's talk about the school for a little bit. Um, before we get into like the, the challenges and what's going really good, uh, talk about the, the school a little bit more. I know you guys obviously you're the charter school with the homeschool side of it as well. So how do those work? Can the homeschool kids come in and take some classes or is it strictly there's the homeschool kids and then there's the kids that go into the on-campus facility? Yeah, uh, so we do operate two um, separate programs at our school, the homeschool and the, the site-based school. Our school was founded 12 years ago by a group of parents who felt that they weren't really finding the right option for their children. So they took it on as a big project to develop a school just from their hearts and from the ground up. And our, our charter initially um, was denied by, by the district and we went to the county and, and we were approved. So this the school was really kind of the manifestation of a lot of hard work of a group of parents who were passionate about finding a, a school in our area that really, really supported children in the way that they needed to be supported. Our school is focused on whole child education. That's the, the, the founding principle of our school. We also focus on inquiry-based learning, and we have a third area of focus having to do with 
family integration. So we, we are always seeking opportunities to partner with our families. And as far as our homeschool program, um, it is a hybrid homeschool program, so the students are able to come onto site for enrichment two days a week. Homeschool is near and dear to my heart. I was homeschooled my entire life, so uh, that always just, when I hear homeschool, I go, oh, that was my whole life, my whole childhood. My mom homeschooled me and my three brothers uh, fully, and like uh, that was crazy. So I love homeschooling. Um, is how does homeschooling look there for you guys as well as in in um, California? You have the two day option. Can kids fully be homeschooled, and are they homeschooled with the mom and dad being fully involved in helping, or is it kind of they're on their own with vid- video classes that they watch on their own, and are they grading their own papers or sending it into the teachers? How does that look? Yeah, so independent study programs, as you might imagine, have grown significantly through the pandemic, and ours is no different. Ours has always been a pretty fluid homeschool program where we, um, our, our cooperating teachers, work with the parents who are are basically the child's teacher uh, to develop a curriculum that is going to work for their family. So our homeschool program has a lot of different curriculum options in it. It's not just a one-size-fits-all fit all program. Our teachers are highly experienced and they work really closely with the parents to make sure that they're offering a rigorous curriculum for their students at home, but also a very engaging one and that one that fits into their their family's lifestyle. With the homeschool, are they able to, when students enroll, can they be outside of the county since it's homeschooling because they don't have to be physically there? Or do they still need to be within the, the district itself to be um, able to be enrolled? Yeah. So the residency is a, is a newer issue. Uh, there have been a lot of laws in California that have been passed recently that impact charter schools and independ- independent study um, programs particularly. So the students need to have a home residence within our our district or it, within a neighboring county. So students, say, in L.A. County, since we're um, in Ventura County and we are a neighboring county, could enroll in our homeschool program. But our, our lottery process does uh, prioritize um, students in our immediate district. Okay. All right. Very cool. Well, obviously, having that homeschool side, I know I keep talking about homeschooling because, again, I, I love it, but being having that homeschool side of it, does that mean – you guys don't have to worry about maybe so much a cap on enrollment because you have a homeschool side, so you're able to get maybe some more funding for the school to enroll more homeschool students, or does it not work like that? If schools are 100% independent learning programs, then they have more capacity to expand than schools like ours that are um, classroom-based schools. Um, So we can actually only reach a maximum of 20% of our overall enrollment in our homeschool program. So that number fluctuates slightly depending upon um, how many students are in our classroom-based program. And I know obviously the pandemic and, you know, mess with a lot, change a lot. Are you guys, you know, at capacity currently? Are you trying to get back to, from what everything happened with the pandemic? It's interesting, Mitchell. We, we're constantly having this conversation this year with our leadership team and with our teachers to really analyze the trends in enrollment with families during the pandemic and after the pandemic. We are finding that parents and families' needs have shifted pretty dramatically. Changes in what they value and prioritize in education have changed, and we are noticing a significant shift in enrollment toward our homeschool. Um, We're currently at at capacity in our homeschool program with a waiting list, whereas in typical years, that's usually not the case. And our classroom-based program in our lower grades is under-enrolled. 
and a lot of those students chose to go into our homeschool program instead for, for a myriad of different reasons. But, but the enrollment trends are, are definitely interesting to an, analyze um, through the pandemic. No, it's so interesting. No, thanks for sharing. Uh, and that might maybe that will lead us perfectly into the next segment. We talk about challenges. You know, I, I mentioned typically on the episodes, a lot of the ones we hear about from from people, some of the probably the main three that I've heard is I've interviewed different school leaders, obviously, teacher retention and recruitment, it comes up COVID, of course, with different restrictions all across the country, which I know some of those have, for certain people have, have loosened up, uh, as well as enrollment is coming up as well for for that. So but Every school has their own. I'd love you to dive into some of the challenges you guys are currently uh, facing and how you guys are, are combating those. Sure. I mean, the challenges just keep coming at us, and they're, they're different challenges at different phases of the pandemic. We were reflecting yesterday as a leadership team on just the way that this feels like we're in a marathon with um, kind of a, ne- a finish line that just keeps getting pushed further into the future. And, you know, we realized that we need to figure out a way to get out of that marathon and and reinvigorate kind of the sense of of why we do what we do, why we, you know, why we chose to be in schools and and that creativity and innovation that comes with being inside of a charter school particularly uh, has been to some degree muted because we've had to really face a lot of the challenges um, that are compliance-related challenges um, of the pandemic. So a lot of our jobs in terms of leadership and teaching have shifted to ensuring compliance rather than really sparking that that joy of innovation and creativity. Um, So one of the challenges that we're facing right now is figuring out a way to, to kind of renew a sense of excitement about the work that we're doing and we're, you know, we're trying to get back to our roots, but also we recognize that people have changed pretty dramatically through the pandemic. Um, we keep hearing people say, I just wish we could go back to the way that things were. And our response to that is, is really, first of all, we can't ever go back to the way things were because we have you know, all changed in, in pretty significant ways as a, as a result of um, navigating through the pretty traumatic events of the pandemic. So we need to figure out a way to harness these stories and these emotion behind this experience that we're all carrying and kind of push it into a, a place where we once again feel excited about teaching and learning and, you know, hmm. being in the classroom again. Uh, because I think one of the challenges that you really touched on that is a common issue throughout our nation and, and probably throughout the world is just the attrition rate of teachers and leaders in schools. And I think like just systematically, we really need to be focused on ensuring that we're, we're intentional about creating the systems that are going to support the continued innovation and creativity uh, in education that needs to happen um, as we recover from the pandemic. That's so good. Thank you for sharing those. Is there, um, as we, you know, obviously we want to share about the awesome successes here in a little bit. Any other challenges you want to share about before we get into the best part of the podcast? Uh, um, challenges are all over the place. I mean, we, we have, I, I know like many other school districts and schools faced significant challenges in navigating the COVID policies and the politics that surround the COVID policies have been really articulated by multiple groups inside of our school community and figuring out a way to really bridge the gap between those political differences and bring our community back together is is certainly a challenge that we're continuing to face as well. 
Yeah, I know across the country, everybody's typically loosened up a lot of a lot on their their uh, COVID restrictions. I know, of course, LA has probably been one of the strictest, you know, across the country. Probably like New York City. Are you guys? at all loosening up any restrictions uh, or what is it kind of like right at the moment? Yeah. So interestingly, we were all kind of waiting in anticipation for the governor to announce how he was going to take action on February 28th related to masking in schools. Our whole state has opened up and allowed um, masks to be optional in pretty much every setting aside from in schools. So on uh, last Monday, the governor, um, along with the governors of um, Oregon and Washington, announced that schools were going to be able to um, shift policies to allow for masks to be optional in schools for students and adults on campus. So that came kind of as a big sigh of relief um, for a lot of people in our community. And, you know, a lot of people still have fear about COVID for for whatever um, circumstances they're living with. But there has also been a sense of just really wanting more normalcy for our kids and, you know, I think this is a step forward and a, a shift into a new phase of the pandemic for, for California schools. Okay, well, good to hear. It's nice to see you feel like things are going back to the, the normal that I think everybody misses from a couple of years ago. Getting into the, the best part of the podcast this is where I get to the guests to be able to brag about their school. Obviously, I know you, I love talking to school leaders because they're obviously they're proud of their school. They're proud of the accomplishments and things you guys are doing. So it's your chance, your time to shine. What are some of those awesome things you like to brag about for uh, Bridges Charter? Yeah. So like I mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, Mitchell, uh, we are a school that's focused on whole child learning. And the pandemic has really given us the opportunity to execute this whole child learning philosophy in pretty authentic ways. And we have been able to shift a lot of our practices around um, social emotional learning and ensuring that we're meeting um, the students and their families at exactly you know the place that they need to be in providing those supports and resources that families need and children need to be successful and happy at school and, and even beyond. Um, so we've implemented something called universal monitoring, which is allowing us to track the social and emotional development and in the needs of our students who are most at risk. And we're able to really provide targeted interventions then in the classroom and outside of the classroom through counseling or intervention groups or push in general education, social emotional curriculum. So the pandemic has really offered us this opportunity to learn more about our social emotional needs of our students and really develop a systematic response to the data that we're gathering from from that so um you know i'm proud of of that um that we've you know been developing through the pandemic we're, we're re uh, igniting our community i think we're we're a very community-driven school, and we have a lot of family participation and parent involvement, and it's really fun to see these community events starting to pop back up on campus uh, through publishing parties and our school musical and you know, through field days and all, all of these exciting things that really bring our students and our community together. Uh, alongside that, our teachers are reporting that our students' academic um, success is really impressive given the past two years uh, having you know been 
not receiving the consistency necessarily of academic support, but the growth that we're seeing academically, particularly around writing in our students, is really positive right now. So um, we're exciting, excited and, and reassured that students seem to be learning and, and really thriving, even despite having gone through the pandemic the past two years. All right. Well, it sounds like lots is going on. I love to hear that the kids are excelling and doing good. Uh, I love the different programs you guys are putting on. I love that there's things for the kids to do. You mentioned the different activities. Are you guys big into, uh, is is there a specific thing you guys are big into at the school then for like sports and arts, different things that you guys really, really focus in or draw kids in and for anything specific? You know, we're a school that we've had a couple students who have wanted to get together sports teams, but we've never really had enough students to develop a sports team. But a lot of our students are involved in club sports and things like that outside of school. But really what draws people to our school is, I think, the creative aspect of our school. We offer a lot of different areas for um, artistic growth and creative expression and performing arts and those sort of things but we always say that we we build up the leadership capacity in our students so that when they leave our school they leave with a sense of of knowing who they are and a strong identity and and kind of moving into high school because we're a a kindergarten through eighth grade school so we're we really pride ourselves on nurturing the individuality of each of our students and getting to know them and ensuring that they are reaching their full personal and academic potential. And being a school that's through the eighth grade, is it something that's in the playing cards for Bridges to want to add on a high school later? Is that anything that's even of interest to you guys? We get asked that all the time, Mitchell, and it's a conversation we've had kind of superficially. And what always stops us from it is that Operating a high school is a very expensive endeavor with all of the, you know, teachers that you need to hire for, you know, having a credential teacher for the different math programs and the different English programs and all of the electives that need to go along with that. So unfortunately, I don't see in the near future for Bridges. But I will say that um, when our students leave our school, they are very much ready and prepared for high school and they go on to do pretty fantastic things after they leave our school. Definitely something to brag about. That's a win for sure. Well, as we kind of slowly wrap it up, I always end with the same question for everybody about if, you know, this is your time to share any inspiration or encouragement or anything you'd like to share with any of the school leaders that are tuning into the podcast. If you were to tell them anything, what would you want to tell them, Kelly? I think it's easy for us right now to just feel a sense of needing to rest and and kind of collapse after having gone through probably some of the two most challenging years that any of us could have experienced as school administrators. And I think we need to be rethinking that inclination because what I think our communities need is more more community and more opportunities to be connected and to actually take charge forward rather than kind of retreat backwards. So if we are to kind of do anything collectively, you know, as public or private institutions of education, I think we need to resist the urge to to rest. I mean, that, that, that sounds kind of bad, but to, to slip back into a mode of needing to kind of give up or rest and rather kind of find the spark of innovation again in what we do, find the, the reason why we do what we do, and latch on to that kind of sense of empowerment once again so that we can kind of be the leaders that will 
also then inspire the teachers and then, you know, of course, inspire the students in the classrooms as well. I think everybody can get behind that. I think, you know, also, are you saying to not to be comfortable with where you're at? Always be trying to, to grow and to get to that next step and, and excel. Uh, I'm guessing is also a piece of that then, right? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and I think just embracing the challenges that we've been through, you know, I've been met with a lot of personal attacks just for the COVID policies. I've been met with a lot of resistance from both political sides of the policy making. Uh, And I think so many of us feel a little bit defeated by all of that, but there's so much left to be done and it's really important work that we're doing. And I think we need to kind of put all of that behind us and recognize it as, as a grow a, a way a place to grow from and to take the next steps forward yeah those kids are the future gotta build around them uh well kelly it's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure to chat with you today i love what you guys are doing over at bridges charter and as i like to mention to the teachers that you know make themselves available to be on the podcast you guys are heroes and you're giving so much of your life to pour into this next generation of kids and I, of course, appreciate it. So a bit just thank you to you and anybody who's listening. That is a the teacher. You guys are you guys are rock stars. So I appreciate everything you're doing. Wish you guys nothing but the best. And obviously, if I'm ever over in California, I'd love to go grab coffee or lunch or something and uh, hear more about what's happening at Bridges Charter. But thank you for being on the podcast today. Thanks, Mitchell. And thanks for the opportunity to share our story and more about our school. Well, another huge shout out and a thank you to Kelly for taking time and being on the podcast today. I loved our chat. Could have chatted with her for a while about all the things that they're doing there in California, wishing them and their school nothing but the best as they continue to grow and educate that next generation that's coming behind us. And as always, I hope you guys were able to take at least one thing from today's episode that you can take back to your school to make it better than it is right now. And if your school is struggling and you need help growing or connecting better with your families, I'd love to hear from you. Check us out on schoolsuccessmakers.com. That's schoolsuccessmakers.com. We've helped schools double their enrollment. We've helped them connect better with their families. We've helped them rank higher on Google so people actually find them online when they're looking for a school. We can help you do the exact same thing. Or please, if you're on Facebook and you love Facebook, please connect with us in the private Facebook group just for school leaders called School Success Makers. Find it on Facebook, School Success Makers. Because that's what you guys are. You guys are school success makers. And I'd love to personally see you in there. We'll be here next week with another amazing guest as usual on the School Success Podcast. We'll see you then.